You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This one's for Pat. The ball is free. Denver's got a touchdown, Denver. Here's your host of Locked On Broncos, NFL analyst Cody Rourke. Broncos country, what is up? This is Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos, and I also cover the Denver Broncos nationally over at LockedOnBroncos.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL, and obviously follow the show, Locked On Broncos, at Locked On Broncos. On tonight's show, we have quite a lineup for you. Obviously, the Denver Broncos dropped their eighth game in a row after a 35-9 loss to the Miami Dolphins yesterday. I'm going to address the studs and the duds of the game, the guys who had notable performances in last night's game compared to the guys who didn't show up and obviously underperformed. And obviously, the film speaks for itself. The Denver Broncos don't look very good right now. They don't look like a very good or competitive football team. We talk about it in our new segment, Studs and Duds, as well. As a look ahead to our main topic of the evening, we're going to be talking about an open letter to Broncos country, uh, especially... Kind of just stating it and kind of covering what's going on now. A lot of Broncos country is frustrated, upset, and I get it. I get it. I absolutely get it. We've had this discussion a couple times. The Broncos right now are very disappointing. They're very. They're the way they play has been very upsetting for many loyal Broncos fans. But I'm here to tell you tonight when we talk about the open letter to Broncos country, wherever you are, raising your flag, flying around orange and blue colors, united in orange. We're going to talk about what it means to be a Broncos fan and how we can be better going forward. So, obviously, taking a dive into our new studs and duds topic. This is a topic that I feel very fondly about because more so it analyzes the the good areas and the areas that need improvement. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the Denver Broncos show a lot of it. Now, Studs and Duds makes its debut right here, right now, Locked On Broncos. So, on our stud side of the ball, there were some key guys that played really well against the Miami Dolphins, and I'll go through them and I'll kind of explain why they made the list. Now, my number one guy, the guy, in my opinion, who gets player of the game on defense or player in the game in general, you know, it could be a tie, but I think it's uh, Bradley Roby. Now, the Broncos came into this game without a keep to leave. Their best cornerback alongside Chris Harris Jr. Bradley Roby always played as the number three corner uh, covering the outside as Chris Harris Jr. covers the inside in their base defense. Now, Bradley Roby got the start on the outside of the ball. Again, so opposite of Chris Harris Jr., you, you know, the Broncos went more of a nickel package with Will Parks. They had some guys in there. Now, Bradley Roby is a guy who, in my opinion, has had a very underrated year. Now, many people are looking at how he performed against the Raiders or how he performed against, most notably, the Cincinnati Bengals where he gave up two touchdowns. Uh, They just play Bradley Roby very aggressive. Joe Woods came out and said, our goal with Bradley Roby is to make him play aggressive from the very beginning. I tell him not to go out there and think. I just tell him to be aggressive. And sometimes when you play aggressive at the cornerback position, you're going to get got sometimes. But Bradley Roby responded in such a huge way in the absence of Aqib Tlaib, matching up against Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry. Bradley Roby racked up three total tackles. Now, the stat about this was his pass coverage. He had very good pass coverage all game throughout the game on a multiple uh, on a multitude of different receivers. Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, and Kenny Stills. Most notably, he covered Jarvis Landry. 
Now, Jarvis Landry had some success on some pick routes uh, that led to the safety having to get over the top to cover him, and, and the safety wasn't just there. He fell down. Kenny Stills fell down on a, on a play, uh, busted coverage, and it, that, that was the only thing that really exposed the Broncos' secondary. But Bradley Roby, forced fumble. Uh, he had a very great stick on wide receiver uh, on Kenny Stills. Forced the fumble, picked the fumble up, recovered it, and had three pass breakups. Bradley Roby, you are a stud. Now, Chris Harris Jr., the opposite cornerback for the Denver Broncos, had a very good game. Very good coverage. Teams tried to pick him a lot, used tight end concepts with him, some combo routes, but Chris Harris Jr. was in position and had a very great-looking and athletic interception where he got the ball back for the Denver Broncos shortly after they turned the ball over on an interception. So Chris Harris Jr., like always, you're having a good year. You are a stud. Now, to mention another Harris, Shelby Harris, big man, with the Broncos missing Domita Pecco and Derek Wolf in this game. Two very key losses for the Denver Broncos on the defensive interior. A guy by the name of Shelby Harris stepped up big time for the Denver Broncos. Now, Shelby Harris came in, had three tackles, one or two tackles for a loss, and had a key sack on Jay Cutler. The Broncos defense had actually put Miami in some bad field position quite often uh, in the first half, midway through the third quarter, and then it just got away from the Denver Broncos overall and that's a combination of special teams breakdowns as well as bad offensive play by the Denver Broncos so the Broncos defense is still kind of fighting they're still chipping and they're still playing really hard so Shelby Harris you're a stud Justin Simmons a guy who's had a very very good year in his first full year starting as a Denver Broncos safety obviously stepping in for TJ Ward who the Broncos let go this week Justin Simmons three tackles one interception and a pick six the touchdown on that interception and that made the game a little interesting von miller is another guy five tackles as always sealing the edge and a half sack combined with shelby harris now von miller continues to play at an all-star all-pro level at the outside linebacker spot as well and jamal charles let's not forget jamal charles a guy who's been so underutilized by the denver broncos this year it should be a travesty it should be on monday night football's come on man because let me tell you this jamal charles is a guy who was ripping off big yards okay against buffalo against the Kansas City Chiefs. He ripped off an 18-yard run, and then he ripped off a 9-yard run where he then fumbled the ball, and Marcus Peters returned it back for a touchdown. Now, that's not necessarily uh, a reason that Jamal Charles should have been benched the rest of the year. I think Jamal Charles has been heavily underutilized, and he had a big game out of the backfield, five catches, 39 yards. Jamal Charles, you are a stud, sir. And last but not least on the stud list, C.J. Anderson. Now, the Broncos went away from the run game early, and it's a shame. Because C.J. Anderson was rumbling, mumbling, and running through people. Averaging five yards per carries in the first series, they decided to throw for that ball. C.J. Anderson finishes 15 carries, 67 yards. Now to jump ahead to our duds, man. And I tell you what, the dud list is pretty significant, pretty simple, and I think it speaks for itself. Now, Trevor Simeon, man. Come on, man. You are definitely on ESPN's Come On Man segment. And you're on Locked On Broncos segment for that. Because Trevor Simeon, once again, guys, has reared his ability. We have seen all we can see from Trevor Simeon. And I tell you what, 19 for 41 in the passing game for 200 yards and three interceptions, that is terrible. And I'm telling you this, go back and watch the film, okay? Trevor Simeon had a lot of windows, had some open receivers. Now, here's I'm getting to this next dud here in a second, but it's combined. Vance Joseph said receivers weren't getting separation. That was a lie. There were many times the receivers had an opening, were open, and the ball was poorly thrown either in front of him, behind him, or low. And I tell you what, 
I'm, I'm not too impressed. Trevor Simeon experiment is done. This guy's not going to be on the Denver Broncos roster going forward next year. It's just unfortunate. When you throw the ball for 41 times and you put yourself in that situation, ideally in a game where the run game was working and you didn't find yourself down, it was a 0-0 game and the run game was absolutely shredding Miami's defense. You go away from that and get into straight uh, 10 straight passes. That is right there. That's abysmal. That is a poorly coached football team and that's why the Denver Broncos are struggling. And even stink. Mark Schlereth, he was on the broadcast yesterday on Fox and he was absolutely beside himself as a former Denver Bronco. This is not the Broncos team that we were used to. And Trevor Simeon was very bad. They didn't even decide to go with Brock Osweiler. So Trevor Simeon, you're a dud, sir. Next on the dud list, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the talk of the town, Vance Joseph, the head coach. And on this game, why I say his dud is because of everything. Now, he didn't even know, get this, he didn't even know that the Denver Broncos had a delay of game penalty on a kickoff. Get this, the delay of game penalty on a kickoff, which was evident on the broadcast, and he said he had no clue that even happened. That's a guy that tells, that's, that tells me, as a head coach, he's not tuned into the game. Because a head coach would be livid if you get a delay of game penalty on a kickoff unit. That is unbelievable, unacceptable. And the same old thing in the press conferences. You know, we have a great unit. Uh, we've had a great week of practice. I don't know how many times we've heard that. Vance Joseph, there's no more excuses. You, sir, are clearly in over your head. And Broncos country isn't fooled. And I will be very surprised. Many people in Broncos country will be surprised if Vance Joseph is even back next season as the Broncos head coach. I highly doubt it. I don't have a feeling. The loins are telling me that it's not going to happen. Vance Joseph, this is your one-and-done year, my friend. You don't lose eight straight games in Broncos country and expect to have a job the next year. It just doesn't work out that way, especially with a guy, a general manager like John Elway. Look, John Elway has been getting a lot of flack, and we'll jump ahead of that here in our open letter to Broncos country here towards the end of the show in our final segment. The next guy, man, and I tell you what, this combines with Vance Joseph. You might as well just combine the two. Uh... Vance Joseph, you're a dud, man, because you continue to play Isaiah McKenzie. Now, Isaiah McKenzie, you're on the duds list because you cannot return a punt at all. Now, let me tell you this. He did a very good job at the first three quarters. Okay, what happened was he came in, he fielded a fair catch. Okay, that's good. Miami did a very great job of punting. I almost think that Denver Broncos... um, Punt return unit is better with Jordan Taylor, honestly. Now, Vance Joseph came out today, said, we're shutting down Isaiah McKenzie for the rest of the year. Jordan Taylor is going to return punts. Now, Jordan Taylor fields the ball. Now, here's why Isaiah McKenzie is dud. Six total fumbles on a year, okay? He had another fumble. He fielded the punt at the three-yard line, ran to the right a couple yards, ran backwards four more yards, fumbles the ball into the end zone, gets on it and gets tackled, and it's a safety. The Denver Broncos surrendered two more points. Now, at this point, it was a laughing stock. At this point, Broncos fans were numb. They were numb. There was no laughing. There was no sadness. There was no anger. There was just laughing through the pain. And that's something that we have to embrace along the way. Now, Vance Joseph has a new catchphrase. He says, no surviving. I don't know what he meant by that, but that is Vance Joseph catchphrase for the week. No surviving. We're going to talk about it. We definitely are going to talk about it this week as well. And special teams, once again, come on, man. A blocked punt, 
that was a big game changer for the Denver Broncos as well in this game. Too many turnovers, too many errors for as many, for the two things that the Denver Broncos do good. They do in return eight to ten total bad things overall that really shoot them in the foot, and that's just not the way to go, especially in the National Football League. So a little look ahead, obviously coming up here on the show here in just a few moments, we're going to have the open letter for Broncos country about fandom in Denver, the expectations, what we're used to, and what's going wrong. Obviously, there's a lot talked about it on Twitter. If you follow me at Cody Rourke NFL, you'll see some gems that we put out there today and last night about being a Broncos fan and everything that's going on through thick and thin, united and orange. That's the thing. That's the motto, right? Lockdown Broncos, you can catch it there. Obviously, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, we have a lot of great things in store over here. Doing some great things. Lockdown Podcast Network features some amazing shows from the NFL draft era with Vinny Iyer, as well as Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. Now, I like listening to Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL every week. It keeps me up to date with the biggest week's matchups across the globe, Thursday Night Football, some of the biggest stories. Vinny Iyer has you covered with fantasy football over at Locked On Podcast Network as well. And obviously, if you're a Denver sports fan, you love basketball and you're a Nuggets fan, you need to go check in and listen to my man Adam Mattis over at Locked On Nuggets, keeping you up to date with all the latest news regarding the Denver Nuggets, currently sitting at the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now in a very tough division, very tough conference, a division uh, in the Northwest Division that could actually feature maybe four playoff teams. Now, it's too early to talk playoffs in the NBA, but Adam Modest has you covered with weekly summits, great interviews, as well as a com- an accumulation of different statistics. And obviously, every 10 games for the Denver Nuggets, he looks ahead and he analyzes the pulse of the team currently where they're at. And that's definitely something I really like to look forward to every week with Adam Modest over at Lockdown Nuggets. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter as well and subscribe to the show. Now, we haven't said this in a while, but I don't think you guys have Gotten. We got a lot of great things going on over here. Now, you have an opportunity to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription powered by the Locked On Podcast Network and Pro Football Focus. Now, it's a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. And the way you become eligible for this is if you go to iTunes right now and you go to Locked On Broncos and you leave a five-star review for Locked On Broncos, tell us why you love the show. Be sure to include your Twitter handle in it. Leave a five-star review and you will be randomly entered to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Pro Football Focus, we have a lot of great stuff over here. Locked On Broncos, Locked On Podcast Network. So that's what we have going on over here. Be sure to follow all those shows, Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy Football, as well as Locked On Nuggets. Like I said, we have a lot of great things going on over here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So be sure to head over there. Check out what we have going on there. I'm very excited for what we have in the future going in store for Locked On Broncos and the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow, don't forget, is our Twitter Tuesday episode of Locked On Broncos. You can catch us here, iTunes, wherever you're at, iHeartRadio, Megaphone. All these different platforms that you can hear locked on Broncos and Periscope Live tomorrow. You're gonna I'm gonna get your Broncos questions throughout the day on Twitter, as well as them live on the Periscope broadcast for Locked On Broncos. Twitter Tuesday. You guys send the fire, send the questions my way, and we'll answer them live on air. We'll talk about it. We'll talk Denver Broncos football, what's going on, what the outlook is gonna be, obviously for the future of the Denver Broncos right now. I'm a little bit optimistic, and I'll tell you why here in just a few moments when we talk about the open letter for Broncos country. So be sure to check all that great stuff out. Be involved. Send your tweet at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Work NFL, hashtag Twitter Tuesday. We're going to get it started. So here we go. 
Open letter for Broncos coaching. Now, I'll tell you what. I, I put a lot of thought into this, especially throughout the day. Had time to process the, the eight-game skid that the Denver Broncos have had, and, and I, I had a chance to listen to the Vic Lombardi show today with, obviously, Vic Lombardi, James Merrillat, as well as Will Jensen over there. I listen to them every morning, and you guys should be able to follow them and give them a listen, too, at the Vic Lombardi show every morning over there, Altitude 950. Now, they made some very interesting points. This is definitely the worst season in Broncos franchise history, at least in witnessable franchise history. Now, you go back into the 1960s a little bit when they had about three wins, 11 losses. A lot of those losses were, you know, at least seven points or less. Now, they, there were a couple games where it was a little bit more, but overall, the Broncos were competitive in those games. Now, this year, the average margin of defeat is about 18 to 20 points for the Denver Broncos in this eight-game stretch. You start off the year three and one, and you just take this left turn, as Vic Lombardi would say. We took a left turn and all of a sudden we found ourselves 0-8. Now a lot of it has to be on the coaching. Okay, The Denver Broncos have a lot of talented players on this roster. Now there are going to be some guys that will not be asked back next year. There are going to be some guys that are going to be cut, traded, or not even signed to free agency. The Denver Broncos have a lot of house cleaning to do and there's a lot of areas they need to address. Specifically inside linebacker, Todd Davis, Brandon Marshall, who knows? Those guys might be gone. Now you got to find a good defensive end. You have to find a guy in case Derek Wolf can't play football anymore. There's a big chance Derek Wolf may have to retire from the NFL due to uh, numbness he's feeling, due to neck injuries. Now that's scary. Our thoughts and prayers are with Derek Wolf during that time. He's a tremendous competitor. He's a phenomenal athlete, and he's the heart and soul of the Denver Broncos defense alongside Von Miller. Now without him, it's definitely it's definitely different. It's definitely tough without Derek Wolf out there. So I saw a lot of people yesterday on social media overreactionary. Now I'm at the point now where I just you know like I said, laugh through the pain. The Broncos got their butt kicked yesterday, and a lot of people are talking about well Adam. Gates tried running the score up. Adam Gates went for the onside kick that's so unclassy. Von Miller said it best. This isn't Little League. You have the right. This is National Football League. You can do whatever you want. There's no repercussions for it. This is not Little League football. And to be honest with you, if you do have a problem with with uh, Adam Gates doing an onside kick or trying to run the score up, you're soft. In my opinion, he, you are exactly what John Elway said the Broncos have been playing like ever since the bye week ended, playing soft. Now, the defense has been playing phenomenal for the Denver Broncos the last couple weeks. Don't get me wrong. They've had their fair share this year of terrible games, but they've also been probably one of the bright spots, one of the bright spots during this eight-game skid. Now, obviously, the Broncos' defense during this eight-game skid has fallen off drastically a little bit, and the offense has gotten a lot worse. It hasn't gotten a lot better. The defense, though, has gotten better each week despite some blowout losses to, obviously, New England and Philadelphia The Denver Broncos are just lost right now, and I think overall, I think they will be okay. Now, Brad, a guy over at Predominantly Orange I used to work for, said it best, stuff like this doesn't last in Broncos country. It doesn't. The Broncos were terrible uh, under Josh McDaniels. The next year, they they competed. They competed. You brought in Peyton Manning, and you had a chance. You obviously went to the playoffs, and you went to the Super Bowl two years later. You you know you could have went to the Super Bowl in the first year that Peyton Manning was here. Then the Raheem Moore incident happened. The next year, you go back on a vengeance, light it up offensively. The Broncos had the best offense in NFL history still to this day. Best quarterback uh, season ever by Peyton Manning. 55 touchdown passes, over 5,500 yards passing. That's an un- unbelievable, unheard of. Now, the Broncos lost the Super Bowl that year. 
Okay, they realized the formula was to to win on defense, and so they went out and they defensively got better. They fell in the to the divisional game and, and the divisional matchup in the playoffs to the Indianapolis Colts. That was hurt. That was hurtful. They came back in 2015 under a new coach after firing John Fox after going 12 and four, losing in the divisional. They hire Gary Kubiak in his first year, takes the Denver Broncos to the Super Bowl. The Broncos at one point were facing elimination. You know, they they had the opportunity to either win the number one seed by beating the then San Diego Chargers week 17. If they lost and the Chiefs won, well, very well, the Chiefs could have propelled up and the Broncos could have found themselves either at a low wild card or even out of the playoffs at that point. So Peyton Manning came in, the Broncos won. They they do enough in the divisional game against the Steelers to win. They come up big with defense and obviously C.J. Anderson late. They score. You move on and you advance to face the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game. You come out and you find yourselves up 14-0 at one point. Obviously, Peyton Manning throwing to Owen Daniels, two touchdowns. Broncos ended up winning that 20-18. to and I tell you what, that was a memorable game. That's a game that I will forever hold in uh, my heart, especially uh, watching it, being there, and, and feeling the emotion. That was a special game for me. That was what Broncos country feels like. The stands were packed. Now you go to Super Bowl 15, Super Bowl 50, and you defeat NFL MVP Cam Newton. Von Miller, strip sack two times. Gets to Cam Newton. The Broncos defense causes havoc. Broncos win the Super Bowl 24-10. Peyton Manning goes out and retires. You come back the next season. You go 9-7 and with the Denver Broncos roster with Trevor Simeon at the quarterback. Essentially, primarily with the same exact roster and some deficiencies. Some major deficiencies that they have upgraded since. And you went 9-7 and with that product. Now, Gary Kubiak stepped down. Broncos John Elway hires Vance Joseph. Now Vance Joseph doesn't work out. He's not working out. You start off three and one, and at some point, many people were talking about the Denver Broncos signing Trevor Simeon to a contract extension. Well, thank goodness we didn't listen to that because Trevor Simeon revealed his face after uh, the Buffalo game, and then going into the Oakland Raiders game, and then going into the bye week, coming out of the bye week and playing a winless New York Giants team, and you lose. You lose, and you throw interceptions. You don't look good. At that point, everything went downhill for the Denver Broncos. Dropped eight straight games. Okay, The Broncos are at their uh, fourth time this year starting a different quarterback. It was Trevor Simeon, then it went to Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch. Now we're back to Trevor Simeon. That's four times. And obviously Trevor Simeon expected to start this weekend against the New York Jets. Nobody respects the Denver Broncos right now, and nobody fears them. There's a mantra that says, respect all, fear none. Well, nobody respects you, and nobody fears the Denver Broncos right now, just based on how they're playing alone. So the Denver Broncos have a lot to do. Now, Broncos country, bear with me here. This whole entire year has been so frustrating. We haven't witnessed something like this in a long time. Like I said, this is the worst season in franchise history for the Denver Broncos. Overall, from a competitive standpoint to a win-loss standpoint, maybe you don't have as little as wins as you've had in the franchise before, but overall, the way the overall state of the organization is the worst franchise season in Broncos history, and that's 2017. This is a rough year. Now, the Broncos have to play for draft positioning. Now, I see a lot of people on Twitter calling for John Elway to be fired. Let me tell you about this. If you fire John Elway, I'm sorry. You're an idiot, okay? You're, you're an idiot, plain and simple. If you think firing John Elway is the answer to the problem that's going on. Now, think about it. When John Elway took over the Denver Broncos, There's some trial and error. No question. 
John Elway deserves the criticism on his draft history of the Denver Broncos and the picks that didn't work out. There's a lot of them that haven't worked out, but John Elway has made this a pretty damn good football team and has set the standard very dang high for the Denver Broncos ever since. Now, this is the first losing season under John Elway. Okay, and you want to fire him after this kind of season? I get it. This is completely on John Elway in terms of who he hired and he put on the coaching staff. Absolutely. That is the biggest issue. It's who you hired. Okay, Vance Joseph is a guy who is a nice guy. I said this on Twitter yesterday. He's a nice guy, and so is Trevor Simeon. I'm sure Trevor Simeon is a really nice guy. I'm sure they're both really nice and really classy guys, but this is the National Football League. Nice and really classy doesn't win you games. It doesn't buy you favor when things are going wrong. You have to have a fiery, competitive nature, and I just don't see it from Vance Joseph. Now, I look at guys like Sean McVay. I look at guys like Doug Doug Peterson, uh, Bill Belichick. Those guys have competitive natures. Now, Bill Belichick is more passive-aggressive than anything, but Sean McVay and Doug Peterson, they have a fiery personality. You can tell that that their players respect their coaches. They respect what they have to say, and it's working. The Los Angeles Rams are 9-3 under Wade Phillips and Sean McVay, the youngest head coach in NFL history. they got a lot of good things going on. You look at the Denver Broncos, nobody has respect for Vance Joseph. Now, Von Miller is, is Vance Joseph's biggest supporter in the locker room. He says he supports him. He's with him 110% of the way. But overall, I'm not buying it. Broncos country doesn't buy it. They don't believe, myself included, we don't believe in Vance Joseph. And I'm sorry to say that. I'm a Denver Broncos fan, but Vance Joseph is not the guy. You have to bring in a guy who's a veteran uh, head coach, has a lot of good coaching experience, and is a true leader of men because, you know, that was something that Vance Joseph was praised about coming in. He's a leader of men. Well, we haven't seen it because uh, none of these pe- none of these players have played uh, like they're being led by a guy who is a supposed leader of men. So Broncos country, here's my plea. Be patient. Be patient. Yeah, the bad sucks. It sucks going through the bad that we're going through right now, but I guarantee you things will get better. I promise you, Broncos country. We have a lot to look forward to. John Elway is very smart. He's very business-minded, and he will not accept losing. Now, just because he isn't firing Vance Joseph right now doesn't mean the move isn't going to be coming towards the end of the season. Be patient. Like I said, there's a process to these things. The Denver Broncos have to buy their time in the meantime and hopefully secure a top three draft pick in the NFL draft, and hopefully San Francisco wins out. Hopefully Cleveland wins out, and hopefully the Denver Broncos can compete well enough to not put themselves out of the top five, but also maybe even secure the one seat or the or the two spot or the three spot in the NFL draft this year. The Denver Broncos also have the ability to trade up despite being very close. You can do what the 49ers did last last year with Chicago and trade up. You can have the opportunity to do that. So I think the Denver Broncos, you got to look at the positives. A lot of good talent out there in the quarterback draft class. you got to bring a guy in also through uh, free agency that's a veteran that can teach these guys how to do it. Those are the things that I'm really thinking of that I think can turn things around. So Broncos country, stop being hateful towards one another. Stop being negative. We have to unite as one. Still support your team. Don't listen to Mark Kisla saying you should boycott the Denver Broncos because of how bad they're playing until they remove Vance Joseph as a head coach. If you're a professional sports fan, if you're a fan of a sports team, you do not, do not ever boycott the team you're supposedly love and root for. That is the definition of a fair weather fan. And it absolutely fires me up that we got journalists, local journalists saying that stuff. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all, Broncos country, but I'm telling you, stick together. Remember, united in orange. Believe it. 
We have the opportunity to turn this thing around next year, but we have to stay together so far through this whole entire battle. So this is your host, Cody Work. I hope you enjoyed listening to tonight's show. Great topics, studs and duds, obviously the open letter to Broncos country, as well as a look ahead to tomorrow's show, Twitter Tuesday. Send your tweets at Cody Work NFL at Locked On Broncos, hashtag Twitter Tuesday, as well as the live Periscope broadcast for Locked On Broncos. We're bringing it to you over here at the Locked On Podcast Network. See you tomorrow. This is your host, Cody Work. Good night and go Broncos.